0: Welcome to Innovation Hub. I'm Kara Miller. Lots of us don't like going to the doctor, and lots of us are nervous about it beforehand. You've got to sit in a waiting room. You've got to get poked, and you're going to get looked at naked. But after the appointment, assuming nothing went terribly wrong, you can generally breathe a sigh of relief. Author Adam Tanner says, not so fast. It may be what happens after the appointment that should really raise your blood pressure. Your doctor obviously has a tremendous amount of private data about you. And we have passed a lot of laws and invested a lot of time to make sure that what happens in the doctor's office stays in the doctor's office. But in fact, it doesn't. There's actually a robust market in the buying and selling of patient data. Tanner is the author of Our Bodies, Our Data, How Companies Make Billions Selling Our Medical Records. He's also a fellow at Harvard University's Institute for Quantitative Social Science. Adam, welcome.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: So how much of our uh, medical information is bundled off and sold? Because I don't think anybody thinks about that when they're uh, at the doctor's office.
1: So just to walk you through how this works, you, you go into the doctor's office and you close the door and you think that you and the doctor are having an intimate conversation. Nobody beyond the walls of the office will know what's going on. But in reality, data about us is recorded in all steps of the medical process, and often that information is sold in a multibillion-dollar marketplace. There are certain pieces of information that are taken off about you. Your name may not be on it. It may not have your exact birth date, but it has lots of information about you, and it's joined with other information about you over time. So in essence, what happens is a commercial dossier about you and your medical problems exists. And it is part of this big multi billion dollar trade.
0: Okay, so I've got a bunch of questions about this. You don't know this is happening. Does your doctor know this is happening? So, what's
1: so surprising about this medical trade is that there are many people in the health system itself that may not exactly know what's going on. So, the nurse that draws blood may not know that the lab, such as a big company like LabCorp or Quest, they may be selling the data. The doctor may not know that the electronic health record system that he or she uses could be selling the data. The the doctor or even the front office people may not be aware that the insurance claims that they file with the insurance companies are in turn sold. And the pharmacist at the counter where you get your prescription, that individual pharmacist may not know that the company, the master company, whether it's Walgreens or, or CVS or others, that they themselves are all participants in this big Uh, data bazaar of your medical information.
0: At what point? Is it the person who runs the hospital, the person who runs the doctor's practice? Like, At what point does somebody say, I'm going to sell this stuff?
1: So typically, it happens on a big national scale. So if it's the pharmacies which sell copies of your prescription data, that's taken on a corporate level within the data department. If it's the... um, it may not be the doctor's office that per se has agreed, but they have signed a long contract with lots of fine print in it with the electronic health record system. And that contract may say, we may sell on an anonymized basis information about your patients. And As I mentioned, it's many different sources, but it's all joined up in a master dossier. So you might be uh, patient XYZ. Your prescription and your insurance and your doctor's notes, all of those things could be joined up and often are by these commercial data companies, these data miners.
0: So does that mean that somewhere out there, somebody in one of these privileged companies that has this data, like actually knows... Not just that patient XYZ has these problems and these prescriptions, but that that patient is me.
1: Well, they could know that if they wanted to, but their business is something very different. Their business is about the promotion of drugs for sales and marketing, and their client is typically uh, these big drug companies who want to sell to individual doctors. So although you're in the system and there's a dossier about you and your, your health problems,
0: And does it it, have my name on it?
1: It doesn't have your name on it. It doesn't have direct identifiers, but it has lots of clues to your identity. Let me give you an example of how easy it might be to figure out. So it would have your gender, the name of your doctor, what part of town you live in. Now, if you knew just that information about me in the last three places I lived, it might be immediately identifying because – I've spent the last year living in Fairbanks, Alaska, where I was teaching. Before that, I lived in Cambridge, Massachusetts. Before that, I lived in Belgrade, Serbia. (laughs) So if you had... that, Yeah, that sounds
0: like it'll narrow it down to, like, just you. Right,
1: exactly. So I may be the only male my age in those three places. Now, that's maybe an extreme example, but you may have a a country house or somewhere where you go relatively frequently, occasionally have medical things happen there, all of a sudden that pairs you down. Maybe you go visit relatives in a different city. So all of these things could be used to identify you. Now, one thing I haven't told you so much about is that there are also dossiers on your doctor. And what the drug companies are very interested in doing is knowing which doctors prescribe their drugs or not. And that way they can target the sales of their medications by seeing who is a loyal user of their drugs, who is not, and then sending salespeople over to them to make the pitch based on that information they know about your doctor.
0: So that sounds, correct me if I'm wrong, that sounds like the real goal. They want to know who will prescribe that blood pressure medication, who will prescribe that medication for, you know, people have this hormone problem or that hormone. Like they want to know who are the rich targets, right? Right. Right. And it can be
1: incredibly sophisticated. So, for example, the sale of blood test data can be done very quickly. So you might have a blood test on Thursday. The doctor says, come back on Tuesday and we'll discuss the results. The the pharmaceutical company may receive those results the next day and see that there is a patient at Dr. Jones's office. They know the doctor's name, but not the patient's name that has such and such a disease, they could dispatch a salesperson to the doctor on Monday, the day before you arrived, and say, Dr. Jones, I understand you have a patient uh, with this ailment. Let us tell you about this new great medication that we have. Now, maybe there is a new great medication, and maybe that visit is valuable for the doctor's information, or maybe they're selling some drug that could be had much more cheaply in generic form.
0: You're listening to Innovation Hub. I'm Karen Miller. I'm talking with Adam Tanner, author of Our Body is Our Data, How Companies Make Billions Selling Our Medical Records. So aside from the fact that most people do not want their data being sold off to the highest bidder, what do you think is the worst thing? What do you worry about the most that could be done with this data?
1: The, the biggest problem ultimately for me is that The whole system of healthcare is built on trust. You need to be able to go to your doctor and say, doctor, here's my intimate problem. I'm telling you my mental health issue, my sexual health issue, whatever the issue is. And you need to be able to tell people throughout the system with great confidence that it's going to be kept confidential. I fear that as people learn more widely about the sale of data, that the confidence in the system would be undermined. The same way, there are certain things that you expect to be private. You expect a conversation with a religious pastor or a priest to be private. Now, it would be really interesting for social scientists to study <laughs> what people say yeah. to their to their uh,
0: priest, right? For confessions to be sold off and anonymized,
1: right? Right. It would be fascinating, but it would be perhaps undermining of the system, people might be less confident. You could think of people talking to their accountant or criminal defense lawyers. All those things would be interesting to learn about, but it would be sapping of, of the confidence. The other problem with the, the big uh, circulation of data about you is that that information can be pieced together with other information to re-identify you, and possible reasons to do that would be a workplace rival it might be a former lover it might be a political opponent if you look at the political atmosphere in this country it was it would be easy to believe that people would piece together that to harm their political adversaries so there's lots of these kinds of information can be used in bad ways in lots of different ways you could use it to create identities to get free medical care you could use it for other kind of hacking or criminal behavior on the internet so there are reasons to be concerned
0: I think the big question here uh, that probably everybody wonders is, this is legal? I mean, th- th- this seems like a lot of information to know about a patient. And I, my understanding was that there's a lot of procedures in place that doctors know about to, you know, make sure that privacy is maintained around patients. So, again, this is legal?
1: This is legal. This So the rules in the United States protecting health information are called HIPAA. Now, HIPAA rules say that you have to remove the name of the patient. You have to re- remove certain identifiers before you can sell the data in the ways that we've been talking about. But once You have removed the name and the Social Security number and some other identifiers. The data is no longer considered yours. So it might be a blood test that comes from inside of you and reveals some horrible thing about you. It might be a urine test, some kind of skin sample. That seems pretty intimate. But if your information is removed according to the HIPAA standards, you have no say on what happens to that beyond.
0: How did you discover in the first place that hospitals or your CVS and your Walgreens, that kind of thing. How did you discover that um, big entities are basically selling off your data to these people who, as you say, put together dossiers about you? It's
1: much harder to figure this out or to learn about this trade than it should be because it is our information. I worked for many years as a foreign correspondent. I worked five years covering the Kremlin, for example, and I had to use the same investigative techniques that I used to find out what was going on in Russia's Kremlin, those same techniques were needed to figure out what's going on with our medical data. Now, I had written a first book called uh, What Stays in Vegas, and that's about the sale of our data outside the world of medicine. Initially, I thought, in that book, I'll put a chapter about medicine and I'll see what happens with our medical data. But the trade in our medical data was so vast and it was so complicated that I put that aside and I wrote the second book, Our Bodies, Our Data.
0: Hmm. Do you think it's possible that uh, that doctors, that hospitals, whatever, that they are going to say at some point, we're out? Like, we're not selling you our data. We don't want to be part of this anymore. We're not interested.
1: The reason that it's complicated is that it's built in or baked into so many of the contracts. So if you want to have Cerner, which is one of the big electronic health records, it may be written into the system that they can make this secondary use of the data. They can sell it if they choose to. Now, not every company does. There are insurance companies that don't sell your data. There are these electronic record systems that don't sell the data. But it would be difficult for the individual, it would be difficult for the institution, such as a hospital, to pick and choose just based on what they do with the data because you might think that they're actually very good on all the other aspects except they sell the data. So... It may need something more like bigger national discussion and maybe some legislation to empower patients and and individuals to have more of a say on what happens to
0: their own personal information. And do you think we're ready for that? Do you think that's going to happen?
1: Well, it's very hard to predict in today's political world anything that's going to happen. And the fact that we're we're in a period right now in which over and over again we're discussing whether to change the system of health care delivery in the United States – The interesting thing about that discussion is that if we were to change and eliminate Obamacare, we open up the situation in which pre-existing conditions could be a cause to deny you health care. And all of this is one of the reasons why you might be concerned if your data is in wide circulation. Nowadays, there are some forms of discrimination that are legal based on your health data. So, for example, a life insurance company can deny you life insurance based on your health conditions.
0: Based on any health conditions? not just Like, I know that uh, life insurance companies ask about whether you're a smoker or a nonsmoker, but can they do it based on, like, genetic conditions that are just, you know, take a toll on your health?
1: For life insurance, yes. But now employers are not supposed to use that information. But suppose an employer knows that you are in worse health than someone quite similar to you who's up for a promotion, that could factor in their judgment. And if we change the health rules in the future, so if you had a pre-existing condition or a propensity to a pre-existing condition, and this is where it becomes interesting, based on data like you, our analytical model suggests that maybe you are a bigger risk, then perhaps you would be denied health insurance or, be, or given some kind of limitations on how much they would pay for that category. And that's why all of these things are interesting because they do impact people in a big way, often when you don't really expect it.
0: Adam Tanner is the author, most recently, of Our Bodies, Our Data, How Companies Make Billions Selling Our Medical Records. Adam, thank you so much for your time.
1: It's been great to talk to you, thank you.
0: If you felt like this interview broadened your mind a little, maybe changed your perspective, or even made you just go, huh, that was interesting, take a minute to leave us a review on iTunes. It'll help more people find their way to our show. Plus, we will be indebted to you, and someday that karma is coming right back at you.